0: Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode with Adam Spriggs, I wanted to give you guys a reminder of our headline sponsor, Routine. Routine is a family-owned business with a variety of products, including Morning Routine, a green superfoods blend, vitamin D supplements, apple cider vinegar gummies, as well as elderberry gummies. Uh, Morning Routine is their first proprietary product that we have uh, talked about here on the podcast. It's a product that I use all the time. uh, And I think all of you, excuse me, would love it. Uh, And a little bit about what morning routine is. It's a single serve packet and each packet contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and my favorite part, no sugar. You tear one packet, um, just tear it open Mixing in with 20 ounces of water, shake it up, and you're good to go. Um, this was created because when you sleep at night, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors, sweating, etc. So first thing in the morning, getting a boost to your metabolism as well as rehydrating uh, can help set your day up for a big win. So try morning routine. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you would like to try morning routine or any of their other products, you can go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout to receive 30% off your first order. Awesome, everybody. Well, those will be in the show notes the links to routine uh, and the discount code ShaneWhite30 if you want to check it out. Uh, Today's episode, I have Adam Springs on the podcast. He is the founder of two things. One is Nucleus Maximus, which is a branding agency, really focused on the CPG space. Um, and the main focus and main reason I had Adam on here was he's also uh, the creator of something called the Angel Group, and and we'll get into it. Uh, but he has created a a group of of professionals that are basically investing. And what they hope is the next, um, you know, the next big winners in food uh, and beverage CPG brands. Just to name a few that I think some of you might recognize. Uh, they've invested in Poppy, Siete Foods, Ourobora, Proper Good, Loverboy, uh, Capella's, Barnana, Justin's, uh, just to name a few. And they, they have more. You can check it out uh, with the link in the bio. It was great to have Adam on the podcast. Uh, I love getting to talk to not only founders, but it's really exciting to get to talk to people on the other side of the table, the people who have maybe started something on their own, and now they're looking to invest in other brands. Uh, Adam is a wealth of knowledge, and uh, I think you guys are gonna, really going to love this episode. So without further ado, give it up for Adam Springs. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am stoked today to have Adam Spriggs on the podcast. Adam, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Thrilled to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for taking time. I know you're a busy man. Um, Would you mind giving everyone a little bit of a background into you? Obviously, today we want to talk about the Angel Group, but you also have a branding agency. So we'd love to just let everyone know what you're up to.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, I'm a food and beverage guy. I'm uh, now 15 years into the industry. Uh, my wife is as well, actually. We came up to the kind of learning the, the space together, if you will. Um, and, you know, we've, we've supported each other as we've taken on different roles and risks throughout our career to really advance our point of view in the space. But um, I spent most of my career working on the agency side. So uh, branding and package design shops, uh, product development and innovation, um, agencies like Sterling Rice Group, where you work with blue chip fortune 500 companies to develop $25 million product lines. Yeah. But I really love working on the, you know, with earlier stage brands uh, where there's a lot more growth to go after. So, and, and my wife, she's kind of crossed over, uh, you know, to the other side a few times. So she's worked in marketing for a couple of retailers, both brick and mortar, and then some of the newer econ retailers that have popped up over the past, five, 10 years. And then she's also worked on the brand side a little bit too. So we're kind of a combined package in terms of how we feed off of each other, how we teach each other and uh, try to stay sane through it all as well.
0: That's all. I mean, that's cool. That's first of all, I can only imagine the synergies between you two, as far as food and beverage goes, you probably have your ear to the ground on just about every angle of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are married to, to the industry. uh,
0: (laughs) Definitely. Well, that's really cool. And I appreciate you giving that background. Would you so for the first one, we don't have to go deep into it, but Nucleus Maximus, is that like uh do you do branding packaging for like all types of food and beverage brands? Like you said, you kind of focus on you know earlier stage brands, but is there anything specifically you guys you guys you know hone in on?
1: So we will move across categories, but you know, so we've worked in in you know, cold pressed juice brands and salty snack brands and, you know, frozen entrees, you know, once you establish, once you commit to the industry, you start to understand what drives commerce kind of universally across categories, what brands have to get right, um, you know, both in product design, you know, and, and package design and then building brand experiences. And then you customize your, your learnings from your immersion in each category Sure. To kind of get the solution. So we work across all categories. We do like to work with early stage CPG founders. Uh, we just like the energy. We like the momentum. We like feeling like there's momentum, you know? Love that. Yes. Yeah. I've always dreamed, uh, though, about kind of getting in and working with some nostalgic brands who maybe have kind of fallen on hard times.
0: Well, oh, yeah. It's like the Gary well, V kind of angle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of people in our space who like to do that. I think I'm just kind of an old soul at heart. Okay. I'd like to kind of raise or, um, you know, kind of rehab, you know, uh, a brand maybe I grew up with, you know?
0: Oh yeah. That's a cool idea. Love it. Well, Hey, maybe that'll, that'll come up that you never know now that it's out there in the world, it might come Mm -hmm. back. Um, so that's really cool. Is there any, we have a lot of people obviously that listen from this food and beverage space. If you're someone out there who has started a brand, what would be like, you know, the first step in, in potentially working with you guys?
1: Well, I mean, the easiest thing to do is, is probably, you know, look me up on LinkedIn and everything starts with a conversation. You know, we, uh, we like to be really realistic about who we can work with and who we can't. Um, we, try to model our business to work on fewer clients than more clients. I've been part of kind of like factory agencies where you're just hustling in as much business as you can. Sure. To kind of keep the, um, you know, everything up and running and butts in seats. And we're actually moving toward a model. I think we're going to get there this year where we only work with one client at a time. Oh, Wow. But that comes with a price premium. So we're typically for our engagements, you know, we're doing, you know, storyline development, brand positioning. We're doing quite a bit with kind of, you know, business modeling. Um, It's really about just trying to get an understanding of a trajectory of a company. Um, You know, how do we help it realize its greatest potential? Then you, you figure out how your products that you currently have fit into that or don't. Then you figure out what your storylines are going to be. Then you go and develop a brand and packaging and then we help them kind of pull all the commercial commercialization assets needed uh, together. So I say all that in advance of saying our typical commitment is $75,000 to work with us for a project, but we're going to take it from, you know, to really launch like a category leader, uh, leader right out of the gate.
0: Love that. That's really cool. Didn't know that. So great context for anyone listening. Um, so then you have that, and then obviously there's got to be a lot of synergies, but the main thing that I think connected us here was the Angel Group. So would you mind giving everyone just a little bit of background? And, and I have up here on my on my screen just like some of the brands. So I, first of all, I think anyone listening is going to be really excited to hear from you because I think a lot of the brands that you guys are already working with are definitely type brands that are uh, in the same world of people I've had on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, so the, there's, there was a lot of synergies between Nucleus Maximus and the formation of the Angel Group. So the Angel Group is a uh, a network of forty five members who are you know really friends in the industry, who are mostly coming from the operator side. So they're the founders of early stage CPGs. They're the CMOs, CFOs, COOs um, who kind of understand where opportunity is headed in our space. And, um, they've certainly contributed to helping brands kind of reach growth and scale. And, uh, you know, they've got some money burning a hole in their pocket and they want to invest in the upside of the industry. I wouldn't call us, uh, serial, uh, angel investors. We're more of industry professionals who are moonlighting as angels.
0: Love that. Okay. Got it. So you guys are being probably for lack of better words, much more thoughtful, I think everyone's thoughtful before they make an investment, but you guys are really trying to find some of those like higher growth. You're kind of probably vetting for a longer period of time before you make a big investment.
1: You know, the, our, our typical timeline from when we first meet a brand to when our members and our members invest individually. So there's no pooled fund. Got it. Uh, and so we write individual checks. We've done some SPVs here and there, but uh, we, uh, we take about 30 days from the, you know, first introduction to, to myself, who I'm the founding member of the angel group. So I'll be kind of the first person to connect with the brand, really get a feel for what they're doing, uh, kind of walk them through our process, which is pretty painless, uh, to get to the point where you're presenting in front of our members. And then we, um, yeah. And then, you know, by the time people are deciding whether or not to write checks, it's about anywhere from three to four weeks.
0: Got it. Okay. Very good. That makes sense. And and yeah. then like to even back up further, what was, what was kind of the beginning step one, I always talk about going from zero to one on the podcast. What was like the initial thought behind starting this group? Was there just that there wasn't something like this or was there just a passion here? Like what was, you already run an agency, so you're, I'm sure you're busy as hell. So what was the, you know, what was the incentive to jump over and start a whole nother venture?
1: So a couple things. One is, you know, I've been in the industry for like 15 years and I, I noticed a real change in Kind of the, uh, the focus on growth and investing in early stage brands—it it became a thing about like ten years ago. I remember I used to go to Expo West and oh, yeah. industry trade shows, fancy food shows, smaller seminars, and you just there just wasn't that amount of kind of you know um, reverberating excitement from people outside the industry to come in and invest. Certainly, it happened, but not to the level of kind of amplification and noise and um, ripple effect that we've seen over the past 10 years. And I wasn't immune to that. So I, I wanted, you know, I wanted to participate, you know, I wanted to make some bets. Yeah. You know, I kind of looked at it as like, well, I have an opinion, you know, I picked that that brand was going to scale, you know, and if, if I had only, you know, had access to kind of figure out how to get involved in that deal, I could have been a part of that, you know? So I think, um, I try to be realistic about, you know, the risk reward of this space. I think it's overhyped in a lot of ways. We only talk about successes. We don't talk about the middle of the road successes or all the brands that, that fail to kind of reach a series a. Um, but I did want to participate in that. And then the other thing is out of necessity. So at, I mentioned nucleus maximus, you know, you can find cheaper agencies or freelancers to work with. Um, so we would have, Clients who would come to us, really want to work with us, but maybe couldn't afford our fees. So we would start to be propositioned with service for equity deals. And I just didn't know how to navigate that. I didn't know how to kind of look under the hood and perform due diligence like an investor.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: If I'm going to get into bed with you like that, and I'm going to commit myself well beyond, you know, the project scope, and we always do. But, you know, if you're invested, it's a whole nother thing. Um, I needed help. So I would call on my friends who worked at Justin's or Capello's or Barnana, and I would say, hey, you know, can you help me or my you know, friends at different um, attorney's offices. Can you help me look through the term sheet? You know, what questions should I be asking about their sales forecasting? You know, um, oh, yeah. how do we know, you know, if there's a, a, you know, a huge problem, you know, operationally around the corner that other people can see that I can't, you know, so I looked at it as like, you know, as an investor would, you know, whether or not we would entertain those deals. So we did enough of that to the point where we f- felt like, you know, we can really kind of de-risk, you know, by, by pulling together our collective expertise, we can evaluate these companies. It's a lot of fun. I'm doing it amongst friends. And if we, you know, if we went in on investments together, we can not only de-risk it for the founder we're investing in, but for each other. Oh, sure. Yeah. So that was the origins of the angel group was just to say, let's pull in more and more of our friends who we, you know, we get along with and they've got some access to deal flow and we can kind of, you know, punch holes through some of these decks we're looking at. and We just kind of built from there.
0: Got it. And then from there, did you guys, I mean, you launched your website, by the way, is awesome. So did you guys just like launch a website and did you start like, you know, how do you, it's kind of funny. Cause we've talked to a lot of people on here about raising money on the mm-hmm. flip side, being a, you know, a founder of a brand. And it's like, there's just a sea of oper- like, you got to kind of go find it. So for you guys being on the flip side, did you start searching for deals or did deals kind of organically come through the, the angel group or how did it get started?
1: So we never, you know, I think this is two years now I've been saying this, that Eventually, we'll kind of declare our existence a little bit more loudly, but we just haven't had to do that. Uh, I kind of like working under the radar a little bit because there, one, you know, there's there's a major gap in capital available between friends and family rounds and institutional capital that we're trying to fill. So okay. we want people to know that we exist, but we can't just our bandwidth is you know limited and our you know, we can only make so many deals a year. So we really like to kind of proactively seek by sourcing from our member network, Ah, bringing people to us. Um, And then every once in a while, we kind of work a little bit, maybe more like a VC where there's a category or an opportunity space. We just want to go find a brand within. Um, And so we'll go out kind of, you know, hunting for, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the beginnings of a relationship. Uh, But yeah, we're, um, we're mostly, you know, keeping it low key. There's, there's no business model here. So I'm not, you know, worried about bringing in a certain level of, you know, deal flow and, you know, paying overhead. It's, you know, it's really kind of meant to be kind of an investment club, Then, then kind of circle up.
0: Got it. And I'm envisioning you guys having like a really cool group chat where everyone's sharing awesome ideas. How do you guys all like net keep the network tight? And how do you guys like find these deals and talk about the, excuse me? Talk about these deals together.
1: Yeah. So once, you know, a lot of it pops up just people going to the to grocery shopping. That's where I spent most of my my time in the field is in a store okay. and different markets. And so I just see a product that I'm like. Wow. So this is uh, this is new and novel, and you know it goes from there to texting it to four or five people in the group who maybe have experience in the category and saying, "Hey, what's your two cents on this?" And from there, you know, I can really get a you know an idea of whether it's something I want to kind of pursue further and reach out to the founders and see if I can get an introduction. That's one way. Um, But you know, we're also involved. A lot of our members are involved with you know the accelerators in the industry, the pitch slams, we're serving on panels, we're judges for different, you know, pitch slam competitions. Very cool. So We see a lot of deal flow uh, from that as well that we like to bring through the group.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is the one of the things on your website, I'd love for you to just kind of give everyone a, a little bit of an overview. When I think about any VC or group that would be investing in some of these food beverage brands, I saw you guys put on there three major things that you look for, and I thought those three things were really, really great things to to think about if you're a brand looking to potentially partner with you guys. Would you mind just walking through those three things? And I think everyone would love to hear your like the why behind why those are so important for you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I put it, I kind of use different wording on the website than sometimes what I would say like on a podcast. Sure. Uh, okay. You know, it, but the for, when I talk about you know founders who are, are kind of fully um, committed and and fully invested in the business, you know, we are really looking at, I want to just see a level of desperation that like the founder is in a place, not of despair, but that they need for this business to work. Okay. Um, Yeah. And it's funny to have to say that, but there are a lot of people, there are people, (laughs) let's just put it that way. There are people who, um, are good at raising money and good at selling the idea of a business that's going to mature and, 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 and roll along this path or trajectory. And they can do that three or four times in different kinds of ventures and make a very nice living for themselves. Yeah. Uh, Um, there are people who, you know, can come into money and have a real interest in CPG because it's kind of a high profile industry, not quite fashion. Yeah. you know, uh, like that, like launching your own fashion line, but it's kind of like the new fashion. It's where a lot of celebrities like to play. It's where a lot of kind of, you know, uh, people with wealth like to come in and experiment. And I just want to be able to separate from those people, from the people who are like, you know, they're going to pour in everything that needs to be poured into a CPG business to make it work if we're going to invest it. So I like to try to sniff that out.
0: Love that. That's a, that's a cool one. And I know what you're talking about. I've met people who, uh, yeah, you can tell them, maybe not, it's not like their livelihood on the line to make the yeah. business successful.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's a big piece of it. And then I think the other things that we really like to look for as well is making sure that these are, you know, these are growth opportunity. They're working in, in spaces that, um, we believe have long-term viability, not just, um, something that is seems kind of sudden and it's kind of taken over the interest of the industry. Um, but, you know, so we're looking for the obvious things of within those spaces, we want, you know, clean label, you know, products made with integrity in those high growth categories. You know, we also want to see that there's a lot of speculation at the stage that we're talking with brands, yeah. you know, so these are brands who are either pre-revenue Or maybe they're doing, you know, 500,000 to a million in sales. So there's a lot of speculation. And the one thing that at our stage we can sink our teeth into is just how much the founder has learned. So we really like to hear that they've kind of honed a, a hypothesis or a philosophy for how they're going to generate discovery. So are they getting better and better at how they bring more eyeballs on their brand, how they generate trial? And are they seeing that consumers are coming back to purchase these products? So actually we care a lot more about that than you kind of counting doors. Okay. Yeah. Expanding, you know, your, your footprint. We just want to see, you know, if you're in some stores, are you, what have you learned from being in those stores?
0: Got it. Love that.
1: Yeah. And then of course the other thing is, you know, we're, you know, the typically we're writing checks in the 20 to $30,000 range uh, we have members who will write checks you know north of 50,000 but you know these are brands who are going to go on to raise a series A and B and C often so you know we're oftentimes we're going to have fractional equity we're going to get diluted into oblivion and so it I think behooves us at our stage to get a sense of just how strong these unit ec- economics are for these brands do they have a good handle on their cogs are they aware of, other ways to drive down cogs and increase gross margin without just the idea of by scale, we shall reach stronger gross margins and yes. expand our path to profitability. Um, so we really like to ask a lot of tough questions around that.
0: That's an important one. I mean, just from the podcast and, and my world where I come from, obviously being a finance person, um, I feel like I've been seeing a lot more of that of people... I'm not going to point any names or say any brands, but I feel like I've been hearing a lot more lately of, of people being okay with not being profitable and that the, like the scale piece will, will solve a lot of it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's okay it's okay some
1: I think in, you know, in beverage, you know, that's often the expectation. Sure. Um, uh, and you know, I think in frozen that can also, um, be common, but you know, we've seen a lot of brands who come that, you know, we believe can get to, you know, I don't know. It feels like the old model, you know, I feel like there was a lot that was put into that up until about four or five years ago where investors and VCs and strategics would kind of, you know, turned a blind eye to really kind of spotty PLs. And I just don't feel like that's the case as much anymore, unless there's just an obvious brand that's just ready to shoot for the moon. And, you know, some, somebody will figure it out. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I guess there's to your point, beverage is a good one. I, I probably overlooked that one. That's a great category example of, of it's just so expensive to get up and running in there. Um, so you guys, you know, you said you're under the radar. What, what would you say the next one, three, five years looks like, um, for the angel group, if you had to guess today?
1: Yeah. So we would definitely continue to bring in more members, I think this is something we've done to want to be able to open the door for people who are in our industry, who understand a lot about it, who maybe have done well for themselves and, you know, want to kind of reinvest not only their capital, but their expertise back into a brand, uh, you know, to a founder who's putting their heart and soul into a business that they can help. So we want, you know, to, I kind of look at like when I go to Expo East or, you know, the uh, All Candy Expo or something like that. The people who are there on the space, the show floor, you know, those are the most prime people to come in and invest in brands. You know, maybe it's twice a year, you know, versus kind of a serial angel. Um, But those are the people we really like to work with in the angel group. And then we'll also bring in members from outside the industry who, and we've been doing this recently, sometimes from family offices or, you know, um, or other industries where you know they just want to get more involved in food and beverage and, and a lot of them I think secretly want to you know to to transition their careers to it.
0: Sure. Yeah
1: yeah. We've seen that we've seen a lot of involvement from people outside the industry. Love but it. ultimately I think where we're headed is is um, you know we're entertaining you know what what the future could look like in terms of putting together a fund. Um, you know, but That'll probably take, we, we imagine that takes a, a year or two to kind of flush out, but we're having conversations around that. But we're also having some conversations around how we actually get more involved in getting behind some of the brands that come through the angel group um, and almost kind of like a, an accelerator uh, function. Yeah. As well.
0: yeah. I was going to say with the the level of people, it sounds like that are involved in the angel group, I, I can only imagine you, could, you guys could create quite the accelerator program for people who- yeah become part of the group as an investment vehicle.
1: Yeah. And not that the world needs another one but you always I think you know what you described with you know there's always a better way to do something.
0: Yeah. Know? Yes, exactly. Always always will be. Um so I guess the the last big question as far as uh the angel group is you know you guys are kind of earlier on in this um when the time comes um what would you want to be remembered for when your days with the angel group are over?
1: You know, I mean, within specifically the Angel Group, um, I think I take the most pride from seeing people connect through the group. Our members connect through the group. Um, We've seen people, uh, you know, combine forces, join forces to work together. So, you know, they'll, they'll go and join a company together. We've seen people recruit our members, you know, to serve on advisory boards for brands that they're involved with. Um, you know, people, you know, catching up, uh, meeting to get together and, you know, they're in Miami for the weekend and, you know, people who didn't know each other before the angel group are now kind of converging in Miami to, you know, kind of have a weekend together. You know, it's, it's really that kind of creating that fabric, that, that community that I take the most pride in. Um, but ultimately I think it's being able to get behind brands that you believed in, you predicted
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. There's
1: a little vanity in that. I don't mind saying it like to get behind the brands that you would, you know, you really believed would go somewhere and and they ultimately did. And I think we've got some, you know, in our queue already, I think we're going to end up with a pretty nice batting average at the angel group.
0: I, you know, talking a little outside my lane, but looking at the brands you guys have on your website, I would agree. You guys, guys have some heavy hitters in my opinion of, of early stage or, you know, medium stage ones that are growing really fast. So it's exciting.
1: Well, in the big part of it too, is just, you know, it's, uh, it's one thing to kind of have the, have the, the brand in your portfolio, but a lot of it depends on the terms that you get in on, of course. Sure. Whether of course. Or Whether or not it's, uh, I'm sure you know that as well, but you know, we really like where we got in with Poppy. Uh, you know, that one was really exciting that we got in on last year. Um, I'm personally involved in Siete back in the Love days them. when it was called Nutty. Yeah. Um, that was a long time ago in Austin. Long time ago. Right
0: I think they got into uh, that on uh, Guy Raz's podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um it's just been amazing to watch that that company transition from you know, I think, it, you know, I, I don't know if they even imagined where, where that was going, but so my best investments is coincidentally enough, I probably made before I learned all this stuff through the angel group over the past three, four years. And, um, you know, the more, you know, the more neurotic, all of this decision-making.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Once you have, once you have like exactly what, you know, you think you need to make a deal, it's probably become versus just like, ah, I think this is good. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. No, I I love that. Um, I know we're about over time. So I wanted to ask the last couple of questions. I love to ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Um, the first one being um, you're a busy person. Obviously you run an agency. You are also a part of or started this, you know, the angel group. Mm-hmm. What tools do you use to, you know, plan for yearly goals? And, and really what do you use to get down to just getting daily tasks done? I always ask the question of like, what yeah. do you use to get shit done? You know, pen and paper apps. What is it that you use day to day?
1: So I've, this past month, I've moved over to a printed calendar. I, I almost, I basically, I walk everywhere with it. Okay. Challenge with this. So that's one big productivity tip for or for, key for me is because on my phone, I can only see detail for like one day, you know? Got um, it. Yeah. And there's probably better apps out there that I'm just not aware of, but I, I've gotten to the point where I just need to see the whole month at a glance. You know? oh, okay. I, yeah can't be de- like literally the detail in each day. So I'll take like an eight and a half by 11 print the month of August. So you have like every meeting. In, I'll write in every meeting. Wow. Um, and so I get a little bit of help with that, but in terms of being able to keep track of it all, but it's, um, it's been really instrumental for me, not double booking. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I was just double booking and I couldn't keep everything in my calendar. So that's one thing. But the other thing is I've just made a lot of lifestyle decisions that you know um i think it benefited me over the past year um i've lived in i've eat breathed and sleep this industry for 15 years into to the point where i'm a night owl i would stay up till two in the morning just working 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 i just consumed it i loved it you know um and it just was not sustainable for me so i made a couple of lifestyle changes where i moved from boulder um i've, I've spent my past seven years in Boulder, but moved back to the Midwest, Toledo, Ohio, um, where I was born and raised. I got a lot of family here. And I found that, you know, while I still love to be around my industry, folks, being around my family, my extended family, has kind of helped me to reprioritize my time. It's less about me and kind of what I'm putting into my agency or my investment group or my career and more about what I'm putting into my brother's life, my nieces and nephews' life. And that's a, that's kept me from going overboard on the whole industry side of.
0: Wow, that's yeah. great advice. And you said Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, that's quite the jump from from oh Boulder, I would say. Yeah,
1: All opposites. But um, you know, and eventually I'm going to move. I think I built these good habits. Um, I just wanted to spend time with my family again. But eventually, I'll move back west, uh, be it to Boulder or LA, and. Um, you know, and I think I'll just, I'll bring a different appreciation for how to, how to run my life. But, um, I kind of a guy of extremes, I I need to either jump all into situations or jump all out. And, uh, but you know, being in the Midwest is also really, really good contrast to paint against, you know, oftentimes the bubble you get from Boulder, Portland, San Francisco, Miami, you know, Austin, it's good to know how the rest of the world, um, shops and eats and consumes.
0: Yeah, no, I bet. I mean, I even, I can imagine just even going to the grocery store to think about brands can change depending on those two locations and where you're living. You can get stuck in a, you know, just a ecosystem of, of wherever you are. So that's, that's really cool. That's wild. Um, It's also cool. I think now with with the times of COVID, everyone's so more, so much more used to like these conversations I've noticed yeah. I started the podcast right when COVID started. So I think it, I inherently kind of rode the wave of, of zoom and, and everyone getting used to that. But nowadays you can probably, I mean, really you can live wherever you want have the lifestyle you want and still be able to, you know, be involved in the industry as much as anybody else I would, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, you're always just a flight away from, you know, um, an industry gig or event. And I would say over the past year, even with the pandemic, you know, a year or two since making the move, um, I, I I feel more connected in the industry than I've ever been, you know, my 15 years of doing this. So it's worked out well.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Um, the next question is favorite book, are we, or like source of knowledge, whether if you don't read books, if it's a podcast, what would you suggest to the audience listening today? One of your favorite books or sources of knowledge to share? Yeah.
1: So, I would say so much of of my philosophy on the world of kind of brand building and marketing. And it's really about how you just drive connection between uh, a company and kind of the evolving kind of human condition and interests. is probably Seth Godin and Marty Neumeyer are my two favorite authors on those types of topics. Love those guys. Yeah. So I, I basically, I buy every book, you know, that would ever be put out by either of those two guys.
0: Okay, great. So any of those would fall into that camp for you. Love it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and then the last question and the most important is: How can people follow you, and how can people get involved in either uh, either of your two companies?
1: Yeah. So uh, LinkedIn is going to be the best spot. Uh, Adam Spriggs on LinkedIn. I don't know how many Adam Spriggs are there, but I'm the good-looking I'll, guy with with black hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll add the I'll add the link to that in the show notes too.
1: Yeah, and then. Um, And then on Instagram, we're at Nucleus Maximus and uh, also underscore we are the angel group on uh, on Instagram. But otherwise, email is fine as well. And uh, I'm not a hard guy to find. I you know, I you say I'm a busy guy, but like I said, and I like to stay busy, but I also like to to really clear out space to to talk with people. So I make it a priority you know, on Thursdays to be open to doing podcasts and, you know, taking calls. And I'd really try to clear my schedule for that.
0: I know. I love that. I, uh, I noticed that when you sent me your Calendly, I was like, oh, that's really smart. He's like designated a certain amount of time a week, uh, for this kind of stuff. That's fantastic. That's a smart idea.
1: Yeah, it works.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, Adam, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and to the audience and uh, good luck with everything. I, I, I feel like we'll definitely be talking again in the future.